0: Today, it is Mother's Day 2022, and today we are going to answer a strange question. Today, on a day that we recognize a segment of women, we're going to answer a question that has become vital to all women, in fact, to all people. And that question is, what is a woman? Now, I want to tell you, I've preached important sermons in the past, I've Preached relevant sermons in the past. I've preached needed sermons in the past, all in the leading of God, but none perhaps more important, more relevant, and more needed than this sermon today. As I begin, and before I begin, I want to make five declarations, and I want them to be clear, and I want them to be upfront, and I want them to be up understood today. So before we ever begin. I want to make to you these five declarations. Now, the first thing I want to tell you this morning is this. Be very sure today, this is not a political message today. Be very sure our answer is not found in politics. It's not found with politicians or in a political system. Our answer is found in the person and the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you, I'll warn you, there's going to be some that are going to leave this service, and they're going to say, well, he must be a Democrat. There's going to be some, and they're going to say, well, he must be a Republican. But I want you to be very clear today, my goal and my call is to be a preacher proclaiming the word of God today. This is not a political message. Second declaration I want to make today is this. To muddle the truth of womanhood is an attack of Satan. And I want to say that up front and I want to be very clear in that. To muddle the truth of womanhood is an attack of Satan. Do not be fooled. It is a ploy and a plan of Satan and nothing less than that. Sometimes we say, well, these are just crazy days and crazy ideas. Be sure today to muddle the truth of womanhood is an attack of Satan. All of the nonsense we're seeing is the deception and a lie of Satan. The third declaration is this. When you attack the truth of womanhood, you are attacking the truth of God. And that's the simple reality of it all. That's what's going on here. When you attack the truth of womanhood, you're attacking the truth of God. Now, let me just tell you, it's as old as the world is. It goes all the way back to the garden as Satan enters in and says, "'Has God truly said?' That's what's happening again. Can we trust God? Has God truly said, and can we depend upon his word?' When you attack the truth of womanhood, you're attacking the truth of God. Fourth declaration is this. Women, our sisters, our daughters, our wives, our mothers, women are being hurt in the attack. And I think maybe we become numb to that. Maybe the culture helps us sweep past that. But I want you to be sure today, it is not victimless. It is not without consequence, the things that are happening today. It does matter. Women are being hurt in the attack. And the, first de- de- the fifth declaration, and I want to make it up front today as well, and I want to be sure of this as well, is this. It is a terrible sin when the church has been is or becomes an instrument of the attack. And I want to say that up front. It is a terrible sin where the church has been and is and it maybe becomes an instrument of the attack. The reality is women have been hurt by the sinful actions of people, and I'll say mostly men, hiding in the church. Well, let me just tell you that that is a sin. Today our verses are found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. What is a woman? Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Beginning in verse 26, God's Word says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male, and female he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth. And every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we just praise you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for our Savior, Jesus, that in Jesus we have hope. We have peace. We have the forgiveness of sin today. Lord, we come and we just praise you. Lord, I pray now as we begin to study your word, I I pray that it wouldn't be normal. It wouldn't be the passing on of a lot of information. It wouldn't be a lecture, but that it would be the true word of God, speaking to the people of God, the, the, the minds and the hearts of the redeemed. And I pray, Lord, that the fruit of that, as we would be instructed today, that we would grow today. I pray for some that are listening in that do not know you. I pray that in the hearing of the gospel of a risen Savior this very day, Lord, this very hour, that it might be the hour of their salvation. Remove any hindrance to that. And Lord, we just tell you, we thank you for your word. We pray now, Lord, again, that you would speak. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. What is a woman. A little over a month ago, Judge Jackson, she is now Supreme Court Justice Jackson. She was in her interview process and she was being considered for a seat on the Supreme Court of the United States. We know, we've watched that on TV. It is a grueling interview. It is a grueling process. As part of the interview process, Judge Jackson was asked by Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Now that seems like an odd thing to ask, but it has come up and it become relevant. And as part of the proceeding, she said, can you provide a definition for the word woman? To which then Judge Jackson replied, I can't. When pressed further, when asked again, she responded, not in this context, I'm not a biologist. Now I want you to understand that is a crazy answer. For sure it seems crazy, but I also want you to recognize the fact these are crazy days that we are living in. At the exact same time that that was going on, a man who has decided that he is a woman won for the very first time ever the Division I National Championship as Female Swimmer of the Year. and I want you to get that. Listen to that. The NCAA Division I Female Swimmer of the Year is a man. It is now common in our day. It is even accepted in our day. It is viewed as smart to ask people, which pronouns they want to be identified with. You get to choose your pronouns. You may be a he and desire to be called a she. You may be a he and desire to be called a they. That's okay. I actually was reading an article about 10 days ago. This is true. You may be a he or a she and desire to be known as a cat, and the classroom is going to adapt and refer to you as a cat. These are crazy, crazy Days. Back to the question. What is a woman? Do you have to be a biologist to know? Do you have to have some advanced degree to give an answer? Can anybody give an answer? Who who can answer that? Who can know? What is a woman? Well, I want to tell you, on this Mother's Day, I'm going to give you, and I'm going to give us, and I'm going to give anybody else that wants it, I'm going to give us the answer. Hear that today. On this day, we're going to settle the matter. I'm going to give you the answer today. You will leave this service with the answer to that question. Now, you might say, well, if the Supreme Court justice is not sure... How can you have any confidence? If the experts are not sure, how can you have a valid answer? How can you be confident in that? Well, friend, I want to tell you. I'm going to tell you what the creator God of all things has said. And I'll just tell you, I am confident because I possess the truth Of the Word of God. Be very, very sure we possess the truth. I'm going to give you the answer and I'm confident in the answer because we possess the truth when we possess the Word of God. Listen today, we have the truth. We don't have to back off of that. We don't have to be intimidated. We have the truth. What if it's not popular? We have the truth. What if it's deemed as ignorant? We have the truth. What if the world can't accept it? What if it hates it? We have the truth. Church, I'm going to ask you to do something weird. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask that you hold it up right now. And I'm going to ask that you would say, we have the truth. We have the truth. Do you believe it? We have the truth. I want you to be confident of that. In this day, you know what? We can be confident this is the truth because it is the word of God. Okay, so here we go today. What is a woman? What is a woman? First is this. She is the creation of God. She is the creation of God. That is so awesome. That is so marvelous. Sisters, I want you to hear that today. You are the creation of God. That is tremendous. You are the creation of God. You're not random. You're not incidental. You're not unconsidered. You're not unplanned. You are the deliberate, prized creation of God. A woman springs forth from the creative power of God. She is built in the infinite creative wisdom of God, and she carries the created purpose of God. Chapter 1, verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The word for created there in the original language, in the Hebrew, it means shaped. It means shaped fashioned. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to see that. I want you to imagine that. Our great, mighty, gracious, wise, faithful, kind, loving God, I want you to picture it. Women, He formed you. He fashioned you. He created you. Our God did. Psalm 139, listen as I read. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word of my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Is it too high? I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If you make my bed and show, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say surely the darkness will overwhelm me, And the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. Listen to this. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. For your eyes have seen my substance, seen my unformed substance, and in your book were written the days that were ordained for me, when yet there was not one of them. She's created by God. What is a woman? She is created by God. Now think about that. How awesome is that? How beautiful is that? Woman, women, ladies, girls. You were created by God. Let me tell you something. Women, girls, ladies. When I left here today, I'd strut a little bit. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how you came in. Don't know what you did. Probably carrying a bunch of stuff with you. Here's what I would do. If I were you, I would strut when I left this service. You were created at the hand of God himself. Praise the Lord. Second thing. What is a woman? Number two. Second thing, what is a woman? She is made in the image of God. Man, listen, that's huge. That that is a big thing. A woman is made in the image of God. Listen to verse 26 and 27 together. Then God said, let us make man. Now the word man there really represents mankind. It is plural. It's talking to both male and female. We're going to see that in the next verse. Uh, It is plural in in the pronouns and the verb uses to follow. So let us make man, let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, mankind, In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, this is a huge thing. Really, it's a mind-boggling, mind-blowing thing. There's whole books and dissertations written on this subject. But people are created in the image of God. God tells us that. I want to tell you, people are the only created things created in the image of God. Not like the planet that we're on, not like the animals. As people, we are created in the image of God. Therefore, the Bible is telling us we are image bearers, we are image carriers of our creator, God. Now, there's a lot to that. We could go on for several weeks here. There's a lot to that. In the immediate context, one of the things it's saying is that we rule over the earth, both male and female. Notice that we rule over the earth. One of our attributes like God, we have dominion, we rule over the earth. He gives us that role. Another part of that, we have a spirit. We we have a spirit, unlike the rest of creation. But the biggest sense of that to me is this. As image bearers of God, We reflect the glory of God. Now, again, this is big. It's hard to understand. But I think the biggest part of being made in the image of God is that we carry, we reflect the very glory of God. Now, sin has marred that. Sin has messed that up. Sin has diminished that. But there is still a resemblance in us. And so in seeing people, you can catch a glimpse of the glory of God. And that's what it's saying. Women, I want you to hear me today. You are an image bearer of our God. You are an image bearer of our God. You are made in his image. The mountains of Colorado are awesome. You are more than that. The oceans are vast and great, and it's wild to see the waves and the tide as they come in. Listen, you are more than that. The rising and the setting of the sun, the four seasons, that's too much to comprehend. You are more than that. You are created in the image of God. If I were you and I left here today, I'd be strutting. You are created in the image of God. You reflect his glory. What is a woman? Third thing I guess maybe we're having some issues with this one. The third thing is this. She is the plan of God. She is the plan of God. Now, I want to say it like this, and I want to say this several times. She is needed by, equal to, and never less than a man. Did you hear what I just said? What is a woman? She is needed by, equal to and never less than a man. All right, let's settle this this morning. In Genesis, God says that he is responsible for the creation of woman. He tells us how it happens. In in chapter one, it says mankind, in verse 27, it's made up of males and females. That's what the Bible says. That's what God reveals to us, mankind. We are made up of males and females. The Hebrew word for male actually is man. The Hebrew word for female actually is woman. Now, let me be very plain with you. What this is talking about, it is a description of the sex of the person. It is a description of the gender of the person. You are either a man or you are a woman. Woman, You are either a male or you are a female. Those are the two things that make up the human race. That is what God says. There are only two genders, and they are created by God. And listen to me, and they are assigned by God. Hear me today, you are a male or you are a female because God intentionally Purposefully made you that way. That's the truth, but it's bigger than that. It's greater than that. And the reason for that is to fulfill his plan. You see, he didn't just do that, he had a reason behind it. It is to fulfill his plan. So let's talk about that. Again, I could go on for a week here, but I'm going to talk about three. Aspects, three very specific aspects of His plan. First is this: in God's plan, the wife is the female. In fact, sometimes in the Hebrew Scripture, wife and female are interchanged; they're used to to interchange with each other. In God's plan, the wife is. The female. Now listen to me, you can be a woman and not be a wife. Now hear me, you can be a woman and not be a wife. You can be a woman and live a great, productive, valuable life, happy life, and not be a wife. But listen to this, but there will never be a wife who is not a woman. There will never be a wife who is not a woman. That is God's plan. Second part of that, tied very closely to it, second part of that is this. Women carry the potential to be mothers. That's why this sermon, I guess, is on Mother's Day. Women carry the potential to be mothers in God's design. Now, listen to me. Women cannot be mothers. Some choose not to be. Others, for other reasons, several reasons are not able to be. Well, women cannot be a mother. Women can live happy, joyful, productive, valuable lives and not be a mother. But listen to this. But there will never be a mother who's not a woman. Did you know that? There will never be a mother who is not a woman. I'll just tell you this. One of the silliest things, in my lands, we see a lot of silly things. One of the silliest things I see, and for some reason they put it on when you're watching a baseball game or a football game, but one one of the silliest things I see are commercials, and for some reason it looks like the top two or three are always selling insurance, and in those commercials there are two men, and they got a stroller, and they got backpacks, and they've got bottles. And they got all the stuff and they just bought progressive or whatever that is bought. And they're going to buy diapers and they're supposed to be a family. And I don't know who they think they're fooling. I don't know who they says, well, I want to buy that insurance because they recognize those folks. Listen, there will never be a mother who is not a woman. That is the design of God. You can dress it up how you want. You can frame it like you like. There will never be a mother that is not a woman. That is the design of God. That's his plan. Now, let me go to the next area. And really, this covers almost all these areas. And it is a big deal. And I want you to hear this, and we have to teach this. Listen very carefully. In God's plan, we are created male and female. The the woman is created as a female to carry out God's plan. In God's plan, the female, listen to me, is the needed counterpart to the male. She is the needed counterpart to the male. She is needed by... She is equal to, and she is never less than the male. I want to say that again. I'm going to say that a bunch of times today. The woman, she is needed by, she is equal to, and she is never less than the male. Genesis chapter 2, jumping over a chapter, verse 18. Listen to this verse. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. In this verse, God said, God's determination is, It is not good for the man to be alone. The Hebrew word for good means agreeable, excellent, pleasant, or literally good. It's not good. It's not excellent. The Hebrew word for alone means a part or separate. Most literally means without. It is not excellent for the man to be without. That's a great translation. It is not good. It is not agreeable for the man to be without. Well, without what? God says, I, now this is his doing, I will make him a helper suitable. Now, I want you to listen very carefully right here. This is one of the most misunderstood, misused, and I'll just tell you, abused ideas in gender roles and gender relations that's attributed to Scripture. This verse, and it's, it's repeated in a few verses down, it's one of the most misunderstood and one of the most misapplied and oftentimes abused ideas in gender relationships that's attributed to Scripture. We have heard, and I'll just tell you, I have heard it, and many folks have taught it, that the woman is created as the helper of man. She is created, and she is the helpmate of of man. She's the helper. Now, what, what that means is she is the assistant to the man. She is the helper to the man. He does the big things in life, he does the important things in life, and she makes sure that he doesn't run out of sandwiches as he does it. And sadly, that has been attributed to these words. And that understanding, listen to me has belittled women. You want to know why there's a woman's rights movement? It's because they're upset. It's belittled women. It has robbed women of their purpose. It has robbed women of their purpose. It has hurt the kingdom of God. Listen, it has hurt the work of Jesus Christ, and I want you to hear me say this, and it is of Satan. Let me ask you a question. Don't you think if you were Satan and you could belittle half of the created order of God, that you'd do it? Don't you think if you were Satan somewhere, and you could rob the purpose out from half of the created order of God, if you could make their purpose not clear, if you could steal their purpose from them, don't you think you would do that? If you were Satan somewhere, and you could cause resentment if you could cause division between the created order of God, don't you think you would do that? That's what he's done. Stay with me. Helper suitable. In Hebrew, it's two words. Helper suitable, it's the two words, ezer konegdo. Ezer konegdo. Konegdo in the Hebrew, in the original language, means opposite to, it means facing in front of, it means other side. And so face to face, other side. Now there's a lot of pictures of that. I picture two wings of an airplane. That's what it is. The opposite of the other, the other side, not one behind the other, not one following the other, but facing each other, the other side. That's what connecto means. Ezra, means help. It actually means help. That's what it means. But it's not some small role. Listen, it's not to make sure that there's plenty of iced tea. It is the same word used in Psalm 121 verse 2 that says, my help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. It translates Strong support. It translates aid and relief. It translates remedy. My help. My strong support. It looks like this. If the job were to pick up a rock, and say I were to have a rock here, and it's about the size of this black deal here, and it's it's a rock, and it weighs about 120 pounds, and there's the rock. And and the job is to pick up the rock. That's the job. That's what we have to do. We have to pick up the rock. And the man comes along, and he needs to pick up that rock. In fact, his survival is tied to him picking up the rock. He's got to pick up the rock. And if he doesn't pick up the rock, his mission is messed up, and his survival depends upon it. And so he comes to the rock. Now, here's the problem. The man only has one arm. And we can debate it. It doesn't matter which arm it is. He only has one arm. Could be the right arm. Could be the left arm. It doesn't matter. The man only has one arm, but he has the the job to pick up the rock. And so he comes to the rock, and he touches the rock. He feels the rock, but he can't pick it up. And he begins to push the rock with his one arm, but he can't pick it up. And he tries to roll it over somewhere, and he becomes frustrated because he can't pick it up. And God says, It is not good. It is not excellent for the man to be without. And so, God, in his grace and in his kindness and his wisdom, creates the female, and she is the equal opposite. She is the needed other half. She's the other. Other wing to the airplane, she's the other arm to the body, and when they come together, they pick up the rock. That is the plan of God. Different roles, yes. Different makeup in God's design, yes. Can the man do some things that the women can't do? Yes, certainly. Can women do some things that men can't do? Yes, surely. But I want you to understand she is needed, she is vital, she is equal to, and she is never less than a man. Ladies, women, girls, if that's not the message you've been told, what you've been told is not the truth of God. I want to tell you I'm sorry. It's not the truth. You are the plan of God. And you are not less than a man. Last thing. Fourth thing. We're about done. What is a woman? What is a woman? She is the creation of God. She is made in the image of God. She is the plan of God. And the fourth thing is this. Listen very carefully. And she is so loved by God. Stay with me. Let me tell you what the lies of Satan have done. Listen very carefully. Let me tell you what the lies of Satan have done. They have taken the beloved creation of God, created in his very own image, and have so lied to them that they see no value in what God has created them to be. And so they desire to be something else, or they desire to be defined in a different way. And those people hearing and buying those lies, they are robbed of their worth, they are robbed of their value, they are robbed of their dignity, they are robbed of their purpose, and they are left empty. The lies of the world have broken them. The lies of the world have robbed them of their dignity, and they are left empty. Do you see now how this is the plan of Satan? They are left to toil and to work and to search and to find value in a system that is set to destroy them, and they can never find it, and they are empty. Hear me today. Ladies, women, girls, men, you can listen in. You are the creation of God. You are made in the very image of God. He is a plan and a purpose built into you. Listen to me today. You are needed. You are valuable. You are deeply, wildly loved. And when you have turned from that God, when you've listened to the world's lies, when you've sought answers and hope somewhere else and you have sinned. Listen to me today. It is then that that God has demonstrated his love for you by sending you a savior, his son, Jesus. Listen to me today. How loved are you? Maybe you don't feel very loved today. How valued are you? Maybe you don't feel very valuable today. How cherished are you? Listen to me, dear sister. Listen to me, dear brother. Pick up your eyes and look to the cross of Calvary. Look to the Savior, Jesus, of that cross. You want to know how loved you are? You want to know how valuable you are? Look at the Savior, Jesus, as he bleeds and he dies to save you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You are so loved and that is the truth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Everybody follow we come. We praise you and we we thank you. We're hard-headed, we're dumb. And we look today, we see today your plan. We see your grace, we see your wisdom and your creation. We're thankful that in your wisdom you created mankind male and female. Thankful that you direct us in how to live. Lord, we're thankful most of all for a savior. When we, each of us, have messed it up, We've tried to find peace some other way, hope some other way. We've reveled and marched off in our sin and broken our relationship with our Creator God. You sent a way. You sent a Savior, Jesus. Lord, I pray the fruit of the truth is that we would see Jesus today, that we would love Jesus today, that we would reach out and cling to Jesus today. Lord, we we thank you for a Savior today. Lord, as we wrap up this service, I pray for moms. I pray for folks that are missing moms. I pray for women and for girls that are hurting and broken. I pray for a mass of people that have been fed a bunch of lies and have embraced them and found the emptiness of them. And I pray, Lord, that all of those people, each of us, all of us, that today we would embrace Jesus, we would celebrate Jesus, we would exalt Jesus. Lord, in this time of invitation, I pray, Lord, if, that you've spoken. I pray you continue to speak. I pray that you move. I pray, Lord, if there are some that are considering, wondering, weighing that, that any hindrance is removed and that today is that day. Lord, I, I know that your word, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation. I pray, Lord, that it would bear fruit in this hour. Lord, we just come and tell you as we preach and hear and Think about all of that. We love you. We love you. We thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service with a time of invitation, with a time of response. And I want to tell you the, the call of all of this is that you trust Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. There's purpose in Jesus. There's the forgiveness of our sins in Jesus. I want to tell you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is this. We have sinned. Each of us, you've sinned, I've sinned. In our sin, we've earned a punishment. We we live condemned under the guilt and the shame of sin. We live also under the the punishment of death. The good news of the gospel is this. Jesus comes in great love. He comes. He lives a life. He never sins. That he might go to the cross and pay my penalty, pay yours as well. That's exactly what he does. The wrath of God is settled and satisfied in him. The penalty for, for sin is paid in him stretched out on a cross, he dies paying the penalty. They take him down, they put him in a tomb. Three days later, on Easter Sunday morning, he comes out and he stands as the risen Savior. The Bible says that's a fact. I believe it's a fact. The Bible says that becomes our salvation when we trust that Savior, when we trust in his salvation. What that means is this, today if you're looking for peace, if you're looking for hope, if you're tired of carrying the weight of your sin, If you'll turn to Jesus today, he'll forgive you today. There's some here today that say, I've heard that a million times, but maybe you've never made it personal. Maybe you've never said, I'm sick of this sin and this weight of this this stress of it all. And I I set it down and I turned to Jesus and asked him to forgive me and ask him to give me the power to repent and to walk with him. Maybe you need to make that decision today. Maybe you've never heard that message and maybe you're hearing it for the very first time. It's just as true for you. If you'll turn to Jesus today, he'll forgive you. He'll restore you, he'll renew you, he'll save you today. Turn to Jesus, there's salvation in him. Maybe you're here and you've trusted Christ, but you've never fallen in believer's baptism. The Bible says it's always after the point that we're saved. It's always by immersion, it's a picture of what we believe of Christ. And so maybe you're here and you say, yes, I've trusted Christ. Maybe recently, maybe some way further back, but I've never followed in obedience to what Christ has said, and i have that testimony to share. You come, and we'll set a date. It'll be a great day of celebration, not as part of your salvation, but in celebration and testifying to it. You come, we'll set a date. Maybe you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it, you believe God has led you here. You come as well, and together we'll link arms and we'll uphold this good news, this gospel, until Jesus comes again. Maybe today on Mother's Day, you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come and you want to pray for your home, your family. Dads, maybe you want to come and pray for your wife or your kids. Maybe you want to come pray with me here at the front. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about or head for an exit. We're almost done. Most important time of the service, the time to respond to the truth of God's word. As we stand to sing, if God has spoken to you, you step out. You come on. Let's settle it today. You come on. Let's settle it today.